Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, good to be here tonight. And my name is Matt. If I haven't met you, one of the pastors here, and I just love uh, to meet you at some play, uh, some point, maybe over a wing tonight. We'll see. I'm not a real fan of wings. No offense to King of the Wings, but uh, good to have them here tonight. We're starting this new series. I'm going to keep going. We're starting this new series. It's called Faith in Action, and we're going to look at this book of James. It's a wonderful book, really, really good. And uh, maybe you want to go home at some point over the, the next week and just read it pretty short so uh, you can get through it quite quickly. But tonight, we're just going to start in chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 12. So here we go. This is them. It says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, they're the people he's writing to. He says, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, but such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with a scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So uh, St. James, who's writing this book, introduces himself uh, under the title that, that gives definition to who he understands himself to be. He says, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, James, I don't know if you knew this, but James, the guy writing this letter, he was the the fleshly brother of Jesus. So uh, Jesus was born to Mary under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then Mary and Joseph had kids and James was one of those kids. So James grew up with Jesus as his brother. And James states right at the start of this letter that the man who was his brother in the flesh, who now resides in heaven, not visible to his eyes, is the Lord. The one who is in charge who's in charge of him, the one who has authority over him as a person. Now, you and I know that you wouldn't begin to call your brother the Lord of the heavens and the earth unless you had come to see that it was true. That's just not a thing you're going to do about your brother, uh, if, if any of you have brothers. Unless you realized that to not submit to this man as your Lord is to rebel against what is true, to rebel against the very fabric and nature of the universe. I think we can learn something from uh, James here. In In our current culture and society today, we are very reticent to submit to anyone. 
particularly to rules, in fact. Uh, at the moment, our democratic systems m- means that we vote people in, and uh, if we like them, we vote them in again, and if we don't like them, we vote them out. And what tends to happen, I think, is that we bring this collective power, this, this power, rather, of the collective, we bring that home to our individual consciences, and attitudes like this begin to sit unarticulated under the surface of our hearts. We think thoughts like, I am the determiner of the rules of my life. No one has authority to tell me what to do, to tell me how to live, to tell me who I am. I am in charge of my own life. And I understand that this This ideology is is present in our society because there's been abuses of authority over the last century in particular in various institutions and that's catalyzed some of this distrust towards having authority over us. But we need to guard against the unbelief of certain individuals, the abuse of power by certain individuals causing us to stumble. Either it's true that Jesus is the Lord of heaven and of earth, or it's not. Either it's true that he is James's Lord and and my Lord and your Lord and the Lord of every man and every woman, that he's over every man and every woman, or it's not true. We don't actually have a choice in that. Psalm 24.1 says this, It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. He is the Lord. Our only choice, we we, we don't get a choice as to whether he's going to be our Lord or not. He either is or he isn't. Our only choice is whether we will live in accordance with what is true or in in opposition to what is true. Christ on the earth, he actually demonstrated that he was Lord even over Satan, even over the the dark angelic forces that are in the world. Christ is Satan's Lord, it's just that Satan refuses to submit to that lordship. He closes his eyes to the truth and therefore he lives in deception. To declare that Jesus is my Lord, is is our Lord, this is not a matter of opinion or of preference. He doesn't become our Lord because we decided to make him that. It's a truth that exists whether we acknowledge it or not. And uh, even with Jesus being his brother in the flesh, being his, his brother Uh, in, in the earthly family that he was a part of, James was willing to humble himself, submit himself to what was true. And evidently his entire existence became defined by this truth. He says, James, a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as a commitment to an earthly ruler would have significantly real impacts on our lives, as we traverse through this letter that James writes to the the churches, we will see that submission 
to the truth of Christ's lordship means real changes, real action in our lives. It means conforming to him our thoughts, our feelings, our judgments, our words, our relationships, our finances, our careers. It has real effect on our lives if we will submit to this truth. It cannot. A human man and women, premiers, governors, prime ministers that we sit under in, in this state, in this country, they will come and go. They have come and gone right throughout the history of the world. Nations and empires will rise and fall. I actually Googled recently just for fun. You know, all the different superpowers that have, that have existed throughout the course of known history. And, and I want to tell you, there's a bucket load. Like, like, we know a few in our time, but there is so many. Empires have come and gone. There is one true eternal ruler who sits above them all. Not of one nation, not of one people group, not of, of those who call it, say that he is their Lord. He's the Lord of every man and every woman, all humanity. He has authority over every single one of us, all authority. Whether we will acknowledge that or not, that's our decision, that's our choice. I'm trying uh, my best to, to, to make us feel the reality of this rule tonight. I understand that it's unseen. I understand that, that we can see our prime minister and, and we watch him talk on TV and all of these things. I understand that they are unseen, but they are true spiritual realities. That it's a truth of how our world is right now, that Jesus is the ruler of it and he holds authority. Jesus actually spoke to our, some of the doubt that would come of not being able to see the kingdom of God and not being able to see his rule when in Luke 17 he says, the kingdom of God is indiscernible to, to, to flesh and blood. You won't say, oh, there it is, or look, it's coming here. He said, the kingdom of God is within the heart. Human rulers have claim over us because of our geography, because of the legislation of that geography, because of taxation, and because usually because of the threat of punishment. Christ has a greater claim on us than that. It's a claim of love. It's a claim of his life. This is the claim that he has on us, that he is our head, that he has created us. And I, I pray that you just sense the reality of this here tonight. I appreciate that we cannot see Jesus, but tonight he is the ruler of every man and every woman. In fact, the best evidence uh, the best testimony of his lordship is not that which is seen. The best testimony and evidence is that our hearts long for someone like this man to actually be the ruler of the world. Our hearts are longing for a man like Jesus to be in charge. The man who never abused his power for the sake of personal gain. The one who washes the feet of his subjects. The one who is not distant and, and inaccessible like human rulers might be, but in fact draws near to the brokenhearted to comfort, comfort them. The one who, who died on a cross, the ruler who in fact gave his very life 
out of love and for the good of those who he rules over, that he might redeem those who had rebelled against his lordship. Look at his compassion toward the mother grieving her deceased son. Look at at Jesus' gentleness towards the woman caught in adultery. Look at Jesus' wrath and perfect hatred to all the ugly things that, that we actually, we hate in our hearts, the things of pride, the things of arrogance, the things of hypocrisy. He hated them with a perfect hatred. This is the man that our hearts are longing for to have authority, that our hearts long for to be the ruler of our lives, to be the ruler of this world. If we did have the choice of who was the king of this world, who was our king, could we conceive of of anyone more perfect? Could we conceive of anyone more benevolent? Anyone more kind? Anyone more worthy of service than this man, Jesus? We could not conceive of, of someone more perfect than him and so we need not hope in vain. Our hearts need not be disappointed here tonight. Because he is, he is the ruler of the world. Came across this passage in, in John 12, 15 as I was preparing for this message and it's, I just love it after reading it in this light. It says, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See your king, he's coming, seated on a donkey's colt. We're looking for a ruler who is humble. We are looking for the the best man to hold all authority. There's so much lamentation at the moment in our country over rulers, in our world, in fact, over rulers. Our hearts are crying out, oh, would someone get in charge who's, who's a man like Jesus? He is in charge. He is. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. So I want to ask us here tonight, why would we not commit ourselves to this man? We commit ourselves every day to earthly rulers, to earthly kings. We commit ourselves to our mothers and to our fathers. We commit ourselves to our friends. We commit ourselves to our bosses. We trust all of these people who are not quite as beautiful as this man. It's Jesus Christ. Why do we, why not trust this man? Why not obey him? Why not give ourselves to him? Young man, I want to speak to you for just a second. Young man, we are looking for something to give ourselves to, to give all of ourselves to. We are looking to be fully committed to something. Young men, you know it. You are looking for a cause that's worth dying for. You are looking for a cause that is worth being a soldier in, that is worth not getting distracted in other things. I want to tell you, this man is your king. Whether you choose it or not, he is. And so commit to him. Follow him. Begin to give yourself for this man. Learn how to give yourself up for the sake of others. 
so that you will be the husband and the father who truly loves your wife and your children in the future. Committing yourself to this man is the source of all manly and courageous action. Tell me one man in this world more worthy of admiration. Tell me one man more worthy of emulation or dedication than this man. There are none. There never have been, there never will be. He's the center of human history. He's the center of every life, whether they submit to it, whether they receive it or not. He gives us invitation to do it. Hayden did it tonight. I pray, Hayden, you would commit fully to him. Don't hold anything back. This is a man worth dying for. Pray all of us would want to commit. We'd, we'd lose the distractions. We, we'd stop getting consumed with the things that we want. We'd get our eyes on Jesus and say, Lord, I am your servant. I am your slave. What would you have me do? The reason, the reason that we, we don't commit is that there are rebellious forces, as we've been saying already, that resist submission to this truth that, that Jesus is the Lord. And these forces are actually at work in our own hearts, but they're also at work outside of our own hearts in this world, buying us away, biasing us away from fidelity to Jesus Christ, from commitment to him, from trusting him. And we feel them frequently. We feel them in moments when the allure of our fleshly desires maybe our biology, whatever it is, the allure of our responses are set against the thing that Christ, the ruler and the one who has authority over us would have us do. We feel these rebellious forces when those around us judge us and mock us and abuse us and it incites in us something that is not of Christ that he wouldn't have us do. We feel these forces when following Christ means taking a lonely path. I was talking to someone before this service tonight who's taken a lonely path Say, follow Jesus Christ. God bless you, brother, as you do that. We feel these forces when our physical bodies succumb to pain and suffering. And there's a temptation to not be faithful to Christ. We feel these forces when we wallow in the shame of our past rebellion against him rather than receiving his forgiveness by beginning to obey him again. Generally, I think most often we feel these forces of rebellion where there's just a haze of ambivalence and apathy towards anything in life, really, let alone the things of, of Jesus. It comes over us like a wave, and, and truly, we, we just say, oh, I just want to do what I want to do. I just want to take the easy, easy path, the easy course. In all of these moments, we find within ourselves some sort of desire or energy towards an alternative other than trusting our Lord Christ. And, and I think what we feel in these moments is we, we would describe it as saying, I don't feel free to obey Christ. We feel bound. We feel unable to do so. Our desire to follow him seems sunken under these other forces. We say, how can I obey him if there's this part of me that, that doesn't want to? Sometimes it's an overwhelming part. And then doubts and questions come. I found it instructive in Hayden's testimony as he, as he began on that journey of, 
um, of, of not obeying Christ, these, these doubts and these questions, is God really who he says he is, who I've heard him to be? Is he really the Lord? Following Jesus, we think in these moments, it's not meant to be hard like this. Surely if he's the Lord, it would be easy. I wonder if you can relate to some of this tension that we feel as we, as we begin to commit ourselves to Jesus. Well, James, the servant of Christ, knows what this feels like. And he was one who was well acquainted with our Lord. He was one who was well acquainted with him. And he says to the believers, he says, Consider it joy. Consider it joy, my brothers, whenever you face these moments. Consider it joy whenever you feel the wrestle of, of, of seeking to obey Christ. Consider those moments joy. Why? Those moments have been ordained by God to bring about the completion of our faith, which is the completion of our salvation. And this is the heavenly wisdom that God wants to impart to us tonight as we seek to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. When these moments of wrestle and test come, when we truly think we are bound and unable to follow Christ, we must remember that these have not just randomly come upon us. God has actually led us into these moments. God has purposed them for our growth of knowing Him. And so if God has, has led us into these moments and if he's with us in these moments, the case is that we mustn't actually be bound. The enemy doesn't, you know, in those moments, it feels like the enemy's got us. I, I can't obey Christ. I can't do what he would have me do here. I can't trust him. The enemy's got me. I'm bound. That's how we feel. But James is saying, no, no. Brothers, sisters, consider it joy. Actually, these have come from God for you. The enemy does not have you, God does. And so we consider even these hard moments with joy for God is our God still. He hasn't abandoned you. You know, sometimes in those moments, I, I'm sure Hayden felt like that in those moments. Like, well, where is God here? God is our God still. We want ease of circumstance. I've found in my life that I just want ease of circumstance. He is working for strong faith. He is working. What he needs to get us to do is to trust him, is to commit ourselves fully to him. He's working for the ease that comes not from circumstances, but from knowing him and therefore committing ourselves fully to him who is good, who is love, who is perfection. So he willingly allows the things that the enemy purposes for harm to come, come to us. We think of Joseph and he said to his brothers, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. He allows those things to come to us and he takes them and he bends it, bends those harmful, evil things that have come against us that are within us and he uses them to complete our salvation. Praise God. The weakest position we can be in is this, is to be in those moments and not know that God has purposed them for us. 
for, for, for God's glory and for our blessing. We will be defeated because we'll say, well, God's not here. It's just so happened that the enemy's come upon, it's just so happened that this hard thing's here and I'm stuck and I'm finding it really hard and then we have to look within ourselves for our own resources and I want to tell you, we will be overcome. We will sin. We will not be faithful to Christ. Hebrews 12, one to three says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Young men, hear that tonight. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As Jesus came to earth, the Lord of heaven and earth, at the cross, Jesus was afflicted by all of those rebellious forces that were within his kingdom. Those, those people who were crucifying Jesus, he was their Lord as well and they were rebelling against him as we too have given ourselves over to rebellion and Jesus was afflicted by all that that meant. And the reason he, he received that affliction is so that we would know he forgives us and he wants us to return to being, uh, being his people again, being his servants again. This is what Hayden spoke about at the end. He said, I was, I was down this trajectory. He was rebelling against Jesus being his Lord and then God came in. The forgiveness came in, began to obey him again. We can be sure that this is what Jesus wants for every man and every woman because he came and he endured the result of our rebellion so that we would know he loves us still. But he said to his disciples, I'm, I'm not gonna fly you away from the forces of evil. I'm not just gonna take you over here away from it all. You, you actually need to grow to be overcomers of the evil just as I overcame it on the cross. As all of that evil was, was afflicting Jesus, he remained faithful to the Father. He said, it is finished, the victory has been won. My faith in God is perfected. Jesus was a man who was acquainted with the deepest grief, the deepest challenge that any one of us could ever receive to faith so that each of us might have a mighty captain to trust in our times of trial and test. That we might have a captain of our salvation a perfecter of our faith. He leads us up out of the pit of rebellion to trust the Father perfectly again. And as we encounter all of these trials, as you feel the wrestle, whether you will obey Jesus or not, you're not to, we're not to look to ourselves and say, well, I've got to find something within ourselves. We've got to get our eyes on Jesus. James says, you need to pray. If any of you lack, you need to pray. You need to get on your knees in the midst of the trial and say, Jesus, I am looking to you. I need your strength, your enabling. 
And as we look to, to the one who was faithful, who overcame, his power will be put in us. And we too will be able to stand in the day of battle as all of those afflictions and, and tests come against us and we will be able to stand our ground and say, God, I'm remaining faithful to you. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus was risen up from the dead after all of that affliction had come and he remained faithful to the Father. The Father raised him up, demonstrating that he is truly the Lord of heaven and earth and that darkness cannot overcome light, that false has no, no claim on truth. And if we will commit ourselves to the Father, life is, is always ours. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, that crown of life, it's not a nice set of circumstances. That crown of life is not having bucket loads of money. That crown of life is not bodily health. You know what that crown of life is? It's knowing God as he truly is. In our state of rebellion, we don't know how great, how loving, how amazing this man Jesus even is. We get a glimpse of it tonight, but I wanna tell you, as we commit ourselves more and more and more to him, he will grow in our vision. And so for those of us who wanna commit ourselves to this man tonight, he said, I want you to do something. Every time you gather, I want you to remember me. I want you to put, your, put me large in your vision, put what I have done, my faith large in your vision. And so he commanded us to, to receive these elements. And so we do it tonight. I invite you to uh, take out the bread and the cup and we're gonna uh, share in communion together. Maybe you're at home tonight. Why don't you just grab um, something to be able to take communion tonight as well. We're gonna fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. We're gonna let the strength of who he is and who and his spirit come and fill us as we receive what he has done for us so that we might re receive a crown of life as all of this affliction will come against us, as all of these trials will come in this life. In this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, the night he was betrayed. Maybe someone's been, maybe you've been betrayed recently. Maybe, maybe you've been betrayed recently by someone you loved really dearly and they, they, they didn't do the right thing by you. I want, I want you tonight to fix your eyes on Jesus who forgave the man who betrayed him. The night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Why don't we eat the bread together now? take this cup and we're going to drink it together but I just want to preface it with this and this is what Paul prefaces it, the, the communion with um, we need if you are committed to, to Jesus tonight receive this if in your heart you are not sure whether you've really made that decision 
I just invite you to just let this cup pass by. That's fine. There's absolutely no judgment in that from anyone in this room. But I want to invite you to just let that cup pass by. Because Jesus says um, we need to be authentic in what we're saying here. And so if, if with what you have in your heart, you say, yes, Jesus, I want to commit to you. And I'm going to commit to you. I am. I'm keeping on committing to you. Let's receive. Let's drink with thankfulness to our Savior who's overcome. Jesus, we say thank you that tonight you hold all authority and all power. You sit enthroned above it all in the heavens, ruling and reigning at this very time. And, uh, and we, we just, oh, we worship you tonight, Jesus. There is no higher name. There is no one more worthy of adoration, more worthy of praise, more worthy of of us being committed to and this is truth Lord whether whether we know it in this room here tonight or not you are the ruler of the heavens and the earth but thank you Lord you do not lord it over us in fact you're such a loving man that even though you hold all of that authority you humbled yourself and you came to our plight to the state that we had found ourselves in because of our rebellion to your lordship and you endured all of that as we afflicted you and you remained the Father. You poured out your love upon us. And we receive that tonight. Lord Jesus, we receive your love tonight by taking these elements. Pray in particular tonight, Lord, for people and they're, they're feeling right now in this moment, right now in their life, they're in a test. They've been following you, Lord, but there's, there's a test on. Maybe there's some physical ailment. Maybe there's some things happening where people are are casting things against them. Maybe there's some, some apathy. Maybe there's some ambivalence, Lord. Oh, just cry out to Him now. If that's you, cry out to Him. Say, Lord, I need Your help. I need Your strength. Jesus, I'm fixing my eyes on You. I believe that You will empower me as I ask You, as I look to You, as I, as I pray in faith and not doubt that You will enable me to forgive the person who stands against me that You will enable me to take that decision that I don't really want to take, that You will enable me to let go of that thing that so easily hinders my focus of You. Lord, that You would empower people tonight as we call out to You, the living God. Empower us, God, to remain faithful to You. Jesus, we want to commit to You because there is no one else. There is no one else that we could be committed to. Thank you, God, that as we commit to you, there's going to be changes in in marriages. There's going to be changes in families. There's going to be changes in our society. As, As men begin to step up and lay down their lives for their wives and for their children. As women step up and begin to lay down their lives as a mother and as they love those around them. As all of us collectively fix our eyes on You, Jesus, and love and serve our community with abandon. Whatever the cost is, oh God, help us, I pray. Help us. We want to be Your people. We want to be the people that, the person that James was. So we love You and we worship You in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing this uh, new song to finish with that we sung at the start. And the bridge says, praise the Lord. Praise, uh, praise to the Lord. 
to the Lamb. He's the Lord of humility. He's the Lord of love, the Lord of sacrifice. Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him tonight in Jesus' name.
Praise God. Father, we just thank you. You are, you are the greatest King, the greatest King uh, that we could, we could ever surrender to and lay down our lives uh, for. Um, just in this attitude of prayer, in this moment of prayer, Matt was talking about surrendering our hearts and lives to King Jesus. And I just sense that there may be just one, one or two that know deep within their heart, they, they need to do that. And I just want to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. Um, but it's more than that as well, actually. There's some that, you know, it's seeming like, oh, I'm kind of coming to church and doing the church thing. But deep within your heart, deep within your heart, you know uh, you're not fully committed to Him. And it's an opportunity to say, all right, God, I, I'm in. Like, I'm all in. I want to surrender to You. And we don't always get it right. But I just want to give you that opportunity tonight. If you want to just surrender your heart afresh to Him and say, God, I'm all in. Like, I want to follow you wholeheartedly. I want you to be truly Lord and Saviour of my life, King of my life. And I want to give you an opportunity. I'm just going to give you a moment to pray, just in your head and in your heart, to just pray that to Him. This is really between you and Him. So I want to give you that opportunity, just a moment, to pray however you want to pray that in your head and in your heart. But talk to Him and say, God, I just surrender. I just surrender. I just give you a moment to do that. Father, I thank You. You've heard every single prayer. And I thank You for those that responded to You tonight. And I really pray, God, that this would be the reality of our lives. Uh, as Matt mentioned tonight, we uh, surrender and bow down and obey all sorts of uh, different people in our lives. And, and that's good. But the greatest, the greatest King we could ever surrender to is You. And You love us so much. And I, I just thank You, great God, that You've got a plan and purpose for us. And we want to be surrendered wholeheartedly to You, great God, as we go about our lives. And so I just thank You for those that responded. I pray that You continue to work powerfully in and through them, work powerfully in and through our lives. And I thank You uh, that this week and wherever we're going and whatever we're doing, You want to use us. And I just pray that we'd be listening and obedient to You, great God, and, and You would use our lives for Your kingdom purposes. So we thank You so much. Uh, we, we love You. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so good to have you here tonight. Actually, if you want to catch up or if you want prayer at all, we'd love to um, catch up with you. Um, but God bless you. It's been awesome to have you here. Have an awesome week. May God use you. Whatever you're doing this week, may God use you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks.